This is season seven of Sessions, an impossible comeback story. This podcast is brought to you by Hustler Casino and PokerAds.us. This year, we play the game smarter, with more patience, and we keep a close eye on those who have stood in our way, those who have infringed upon our journey. Doesn't matter how long it takes, we're going to make it across that chessboard. And when we do, we're coming for you, Nits. Every last one of you. Real-time update. It is 1.48 p.m. on Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. Um, I just got out of bed a little over an hour ago, despite being up for hours. I couldn't get out of bed maybe I could have I was feeling awful and I have the ability to flip the switch and just say fuck it get to work Um, and I worked from my bed anyways on my phone but I kind of felt like I needed to feel the pain today sometimes if you don't feel the pain and you just kind of power through, it catches up to you later. So I felt the pain laying in bed, doing some hosting on my phone, and the pain of what you might be asking. Week two of 50, what you don't got, the session. Everyone who signed up for $4.22 a month or more at patreon.com slash DGA of Poker Player got a private drop of sessions yesterday. It automatically showed up in their favorite podcast player due to some amazing technology called RSS Feed. Basically, once you sign up on Patreon, you click a few buttons and voila, you get all my spew. Well over a thousand hours in total at this point. And each private drop, one per week, usually shows up in that feed on your favorite podcast player automatically as well. So those Patrons know I had an epiphany a few days ago. I asked myself, why do you always focus on what you don't got? It's important to have goals and aspirations, especially for me, someone who is trying to make an impossible comeback. So yeah, you you actually have to have something you're looking forward to to keep you going. Um, But why not also focus on what you do got? Why not focus a good amount on what you do got? I know it's going to be hard, especially on days like today, but I hope to maintain that perspective as much as possible. Keep going. Keep striving. Keep trying to do something really fucking tough something impossible, but also appreciate what you got. Think about it. Um, it's a simple it's a simple concept, but a really good one, I, I believe. The Patrons also got caught up in my life story. Everything that happened from the end of the previous Max Payne Monday, January 8th, up until the Max Payne Monday I'm about to review, January 15th, yesterday. So... The cliffs of that is for less than five bucks a month, you get a lot of spew. And maybe consider signing up if you haven't already. Patreon.com slash 
DGAF poker player. Okay, let's meet the cast of Max Payne Monday, January 15th. The one seat is going to be empty for most of the show. We're going to be eight-handed. There are a lot of moving pieces on this day. There are often a lot of moving pieces when it comes to running a stream, the lineup, but this is kind of a celeb lineup, and it's going to be a lot crazier than usual with who's going to make it, whose flight's delayed, who canceled, this and that. So we're going to go eight-handed most of the show. The one seat will be open. And eight-handed benefits me in general in poker. In this lineup, it's not going to make a huge difference. I'm not going to be going for the kill against these celebrities. Um, I don't go for the kill anyways, but I'm not even going to be trying as hard as I typically do against them. Apologize for that. Someone, mailman, must have just shown up. Guys, sound guy, can you take care of them? Give him a tree or something. Okay, so I'm in the two seat. It's a good spot for me to be in to kind of run things. I can look out to, to Louis or Tita, and I can, you know, see the whole table, and I can, you know, call the cocktail waitress over. More on that to come. I'm in the two seat. Three seats, Crazy Drew. He's a regular on Max Payne Monday. He wanted to play but wasn't in the original starting lineup. Randall Emmett was going to be there, and he canceled the day of. Okay, Crazy Drew, you're in. Seat four is Tana. Tana Mangu. Is that how you say her name? I don't know. But I don't know anything about her other than she has a ton of followers, and she's young, and she's late. But we'll take it. Anytime you can get someone with 3 million followers on your show, you'll take it. And uh, she proved to be very cool and just an incredible element for our show. And she said she wants to play more often. We'll see. That'd be great. Seat five is Erica Cal. She is a small person, a little person. Uh, I think she's three foot eight. That's what Raver said. I would have taken the under on that. She is really cool. And really fun. She drinks. She gambles. She's played on our show before. She's an OnlyFans model who apparently makes over $20 million a year. Yikes. It's a lot of cheddar. Seat 6 is going to start out being the star of the show, Ray J. You might remember him from that Kim Kardashian sex tape back in the day. Superstar. Uh, that's Ray J. And that was a long time ago. He's married to someone that's going to be in the game. Her name is Princess Love. They star in Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. And Ray J is a recording artist. And uh, I met him a bit before the show. Cool guy. And I was told it's going to be hard to keep him in his seat. So that's, that's my challenge. And spoiler, he's not going to be there very long. And Johnny Steven will be in there later. He, he's someone that also gets a seat on Max Payne Monday whenever he's in town, but people get bumped for celebrities. So also why you're seeing you know, Nick Vertucci in this lineup. Seat 7 is Randy. Owns Magic Castle. He, he is a baller. And he's someone that, that gets a seat even when there are celebrities there. Um, Randy Pitchford. Seat 8 is Connor. That's Erica's manager. This guy's pretty funny, pretty dark. He manages a bunch of OnlyFans models. He's young, successful, and 
um, not afraid to put the chips in. And then seat nine is the aforementioned Princess Love. I don't know much about her other than she's Ray J's wife. Um, they're on that show, Love and Hip Hop, Hollywood, and she's way into poker in the last year. She went on Robbie J. Lou's podcast, I believe, recently. She has a couple deep runs in big tournaments, and I met her right before the show as well. And actually, me and Raver did a little bit of a pregame show. Ryan wanted us to, so we just sat on the couch and we spewed a little bit. We talked about the origin of Max Payne Monday and how it went from a poker game to a poker show, which makes a lot of fucking sense when you're putting the thing on YouTube, doesn't it? Um, when I started playing in the 1020 game, it, it was crusty. And I was trying to put on a show, and a few other people were. And then you had the snipers, the filthy fucking grinders, the ones that kill poker at every level. Well, I tilted on Ryan after one show, and he said, fine, you put the lineups together. Okay. And uh, I put Aaron Queskin in there, and, and, he, we, and we told this story during our pregame show, um, so I'm just recapping it. And he kept shipping on me the first time. He had ace-king, you know, a handful of times. I three-bet, he jammed. And the second time we played, I had aces one time, and he had ace-king. I three-bet, and he jammed. And I slow-rolled him, and Raver was up in the booth. He liked that. He said, let's brand this show. Let's make it different. It's our smallest stakes game of the week. No one watches it. Let's do some things. Um, and I think he reached out to the chat and asked them for their input. And someone, maybe Snow Monkey, came up with Max Payne Monday. And then we just went with it. And we decided to run it once. Slow rolls are encouraged. And it's a social game. A fun game where anyone can play because there are no filthy fucking grinders anymore. They're all gone. They're all on the sidelines complaining how they got shut out of a poker show. Imagine that. But when you, when you shut them out of a poker show, it opens the doors um, to all sorts of people, celebrities, um, crazy action players, and so on. So after Raver and I spewed on the couch for a little bit, um, we interviewed uh, Princess Love, who, who we had just met, and that was cool. And then we interviewed Ray J, who, who was funny, and we also had just met. And I was sweating. I was dripping in sweat. I didn't love the angle on me, uh, but I felt like I did an okay job. And, and I can I can improvise and talk to anyone, I believe. And uh, Ryan said, enjoy the show. He said, say, enjoy the show. And then we know to cut. And so I said, enjoy the show. And we did cut and, and we started the show. And I, I reviewed the session with the chat open. And the first thing I saw was someone said, my, my DAP game is weak. Yeah. And, and, and Patrons, people that, that have been listening to this podcast for years know that, that it's, one of the things I'm worst at in life is handshakes, bro handshakes, dap, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what to do, man. I don't know. When people come at me, I just, I usually just stick my fist out like, like let's just fist bump. Let's not, let's not, you know, we don't need to like get intimate with our hands, pull each other in. We might be bumping down low. You never know. Um, so that person was right. My, my dap game is weak. And thank you so much for pointing it out. Um, I, I 
I'd bet Raver, I would VPIP over 70%. Um, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, typically on a Max Pay Monday or a Thirsty Thursday, I'm not going to play better than my B minus game by design. It just won't be right. It's just, uh, you, can't, you can't grind in great games. I don't know why that's such an impossible concept for so many to understand, even smart people. They don't understand it. Well, this is some real new players and very recreational players. So I'm going to really give action and not, not go for the throat, even, even more so than normal. And speaking of throat, I'm going to wet mine with a sugar-free ginger ale. I called once against Connor with bottom pair, and he did the same bet on the turn and got me to fold. He just had ace-king. He he did something you will never see most players doing. It looked like he was milking the turn, um, but he just had ace-king on a board that had nothing to do with ace-king, and so it worked against me. And, and you know, when you play against very recreational players, they're going to do shit that's going to confuse the hell out of you. I just had bottom pair anyways. And then I flopped top set. I don't flop very many sets on this show. There, you know, I wish, I know there are people that are tracking results, a couple different entities. I wish someone would uh, come up with a metric for run good for each player, um, including how often you flop a set, you know, per session, per pocket pair, how much how much are you winning on those losing well flopping top set isn't the same as flopping bottom set it's worse actually and i was up against ray j and i had the nuts i bet small and then on the turn i said look i'm gonna go all in and then i'm gonna show you my cards and then you can decide i don't want to bust him but i'm not just checking the nuts either so i felt like that was the best path uh, just to go all in and then show him and let him make a decision. If he has a huge draw, he can draw if he wants. If he's in trouble, he can fold. Um, and he was in trouble and he folded. And people were, I saw the chat, what are you doing? What the fuck? What? This is, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you how it works. You want to make money playing poker? Read the room every single time you play. Read the fucking room. If you're with a bunch of filthy grinders, well, unless you can just leave and go somewhere else and do anything else with your time, you grind. Or or they'll or they'll fucking snipe you to death. You you have to, you know, fight fire with fire. If you're in a good game, don't even think about doing that shit. And if you're up against someone who doesn't really want to be there but is supporting his wife and has a huge draw, you do stuff like this. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that that wild. Um, yeah. So we were shorthanded, as mentioned, to start. Uh, Tana wasn't there yet, and Ray J was up from the table a lot. So I was doing a lot to keep the game afloat. I am really good at this. I've done this. I used to be a poker pro, and I did this so often in my career. I would keep games afloat. And, you know, when they would get weak and that's a skill and a very profitable one. Um, and, and, you know, working for the show, you want to keep the show going. So I'm kind of sparking conversation, giving action without being threatening. 
and just trying to get the game out of the muck and get people comfortable. And Randy is printing on this night, um, and that's okay. Randy's a cool dude. He certainly doesn't need the money, but uh, he's actually, in hindsight, way too good for this lineup. But I don't know. Uh, I call with Ace Jack. We were playing the four deuce bounty game, and uh, it came Ace Ten Nine and Princess Love shoved. I called. She had four deuce, so she's in bad shape there. And um, Eric Cow called with sixes, so you don't really get um, you know to triple up too often with Ace Jack on Ace Ten Nine Two Diamonds up against such little equity. You know, four deuce offsuit trying to run a runner and pocket sixes which is just also drawing a runner-runner or a two-outer. Um, and I only bought in 3000 purposefully. I usually buy in for more, but no, I want to be as unthreatening as possible. It's true I'm capable of playing well, and I used to be a pro, but I'm a host, and um, I, don't, I don't want to be threatening in any way. Um, I got bluffed by Erica. I flopped second pair and she bombed it. Seven, six, deuce. I had six, three. I didn't know she was capable. She had 10, nine and showed it. I didn't, I didn't remember her being a bluffer the first time we played, but she's probably played a bunch since then and uh, in private games and she's action. So she's checking all the boxes. Celebrity, yes. Big following, yes. Um, Going to get views, yes. Fun, yes. And now action, Yes, so that's cool. Um, I squeezed Queen Jack of Diamonds and got two colors. It came 10, deuce, three. I called once. There was a diamond out there. Trump was a deuce. I folded. I almost called Connor's bet. I really thought he had 5-4 based on something he said to Erica on the flop. But when I was thinking about calling him, she called out of turn, not as an angle, just as an accident. So now if she's calling behind me, I have to fold. And he did have 5-4, and she had a king or something crazy. And, uh, yeah, so uh, just, a, you know, some interesting variants there. But most of the session is just going to be, it's just going to be, a, you know, little ups and downs until, until Johnny Steven arrives, and then the game's going to play much bigger, and that'll really decide my fate on this night. Um, Four-way bloater, and, uh, you know, I, I was up 3K early on, and, and, and now I'm losing a little bit uh, after a few tough hands. Four-way bloater comes eight-deuce-deuce. Ray J leads into the field, and he was not the preflop raiser. I call once with Jack-10, and the turn's a Jack. And um, Ray, Ray J checks, and Randy bets 600 into a much bigger pot. I call with top pair. Randy's a very capable player and very um, creative. And, and sometimes we'll just bet with, with you know, like ace-king here. Um, I, I really thought I had, like, pocket nines. Uh, but anyways, um, I called, and Ray J called, and the river was a brick. It completed backdoor flush, and Ray J jammed, and I really didn't think, um, I didn't believe him, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna snap him off, and then Randy calls, and Randy bet the turn, and now I don't love it. I I, I feel like I'm out kicked. There are some hands in his range. I beat as mentioned. I'm getting five to one on a call. It's it's. In case you don't know what that means. 
if you expect to win one out of six times, uh, you have to put in the money. And I did. And uh, Randy had the ace jack. And so there goes my first 3K buy-in, which, you know, got up to like 6, 7K or maybe even 8K and is now zero and off the rebuy corner I go. Um, and okay, so now I know Erica is down to battle a little bit and I have jack three suited and I'm kind of blasting off on queen, queen, deuce, turn six, I bet 910 and she tells me she has pocket sevens and she's calling to try and hit a seven. Fuck. Okay, so I already know I'm going to bluff all in on the river. The river's a jack. I bet small and tell her that I have her beat. Just, it's that kind of game. People say like, I'll check raise my fucking grandma. Well, your grandma probably won't play with you anymore. And in this lineup, I'm going to be super chill. My goal going in was to, um, you know, make everyone comfortable and hopefully make them want to come back. And, you know, provide lots of action, but but not be threatening in any way and, and really don't go for the throat. Um, Connor was doing the same thing with Prince's Love. He, he didn't want her to get, you know, discouraged and leave. And, and that was cool of him. Uh, the first bad thing, major bad thing that happens. Yeah, I already got stacked, but at, at 224... Um, so we have a five-hour show, but we have a 30-minute countdown. So the, the show is actually 5.30. So we're about two hours into it. It feels like it's time to get the game all the way out of the muck. So I squeeze with Jack-6 offsuit. Yeah, whatever. And I flop open-ended, 7-8-9. And I call. And we got a we got a three-way bloater. And the turn pairs the board. Everyone checks. And the river's a brick. And I decide to bet 2800 and I'm thinking um, it's going to be tough to call the preflop razor here. I, you know, got all the over pairs, this and that. And Princess Love makes a good call with second pair. And okay, so the game is out of the muck and I am stuck. And I get in there with King 8 against Erica's Jack 4. We, we bloat it up and she outflops me. Okay, it's fine. And then I have 3-4 on, I have the nut low. I think it's Ace, Queen, 6, Deuce. Um, I have a gutter and I realize everyone's weak. So I just send it all in and I get it through. Okay. And then we have, um, oh, so I, I didn't get stacked before with that Jack 10. That's not true. I just, I'm going to get stacked here in a second. That's how I know that's not true. I just called, um, and, and gave Randy the triple up. So here is where I'm going to get stacked. My, my stack has shrunk quite a bit. I think I might have been up over 5K, and now I'm down a little bit. I'm down like 1,500, 2K. Uh, and anyways, I have 10.8. It comes 8.63, and Randy leads. Uh, crazy Drew on my left was a preflop raiser. Randy leads. In this kind of game, you have top pair. It's going to be good so often. I just shipped it in there. Drew called. Um, Erica Cal called. And Randy called. Randy actually isolated uh he re went all in and erica called that as well she just had fours or fives uh he had ace eight drew had queens obviously i'm in bad shape the turn i pick up equity um it was a seven or a nine so i have a pair and a straight draw in this nice bloated pot but uh rivers an ace and randy sucked out on drew and and he is crushing 
And I get in there with 10 six suited, flop nothing. That's fine. Uh, I'm I'm in there with Ace Jack, and Johnny's in there with I want to say eight six of diamonds, and it's all it's all clubs or spades, and he just binks a gutter with a hand that just like can't continue. It can only bink a gutter, and it has to be the non, you know, whatever it was, club or spade, gutter. So it's really three outs, and he just drills it. And now I, I have a double gutter, and I call, and I miss, and he bets the river, and I fold. And then I make a flush, and I and I don't win the maximum. I don't want to win the maximum. I bet 2800 the same number I bluffed um, against Princess Love. I bet for value, you know, it's just like pretty obvious when, when you're in a three-way pot and the flush draw comes in, like you can shove, but it's, you know, well, Connor snapped me off. I, I could have got the double through him. He snapped me off, but I got a nice slow roll in. I had king nine of hearts and there was a nine up there and I said king nine and he showed, um, I think, a small straight or something. And then I said, oh, no, no, I have king nine of hearts. That's a flush, Connor. And it was just, I want to get a slow roll in. I know he's the guy for it. I probably wouldn't have slow rolled uh, Ray J, Princess Love, or Tana. Um, Erica's okay, and Connor, I play with them both. And, of course, Johnny's fine, and Drew's, you know, fine, and Randy Randy loves the slow roll. So I'm going to take another sip, and we'll continue. So the game... I said we'd get bigger when Johnny got there, and it's getting bigger. Um, he's putting the straddle on, and I raise on the button with Ace-10 suited. And uh, he either limp re-raised or straddle re-raised. Don't remember exactly. Uh, was drinking a lot, being very social. And anyways, it, you don't love this because he made it 720 with like a little over 3K. And like calling here sucks. And there's no good sizing besides jam. I And Ace-10 isn't, you know, the best jam, but it's suited. And it's, you know, the dynamic of you raise the button and you're playing 80-some percent of hands. So Johnny knows that and he's going to be, he's going to be wide in his re-raises. And I decided to send it in. And he had two red fives. I had Ace-10 of clubs. And there's 6,400 in the middle. And he won the flip. Those are important, not just in tournaments, but in cash games as well. Winning your flips, very important. So, eh, the, you know, Johnny gets that one. And then I flop bottom two. On ace, nine, six, I have nine, six. There's two hearts out there, and there's some action. I'm just going to send it in now, and, you know, I'm not really trying to, like, milk people to death. And it turns out they had threes and fours. So this is something that's been going on. I've been on a pretty big downswing for the last few months. And every time I have a good hand, or not every time, but often when I have a good hand, I'm just up against nothing. I kind of felt like with my image, people would call with an ace. I know Erica, Erica would have, but they're not going to call with pocket threes or pocket fours on ace, nine, six, two hearts. So uh, the next thing I did was miss an open ender, and, and that's fine. I'm, I've done that more than anyone on the planet. And then uh, pocket threes and a multi-way bloater, looking to flop a set. I whiffed that. I've also done that more than anyone on the planet. But 
you know, that you're just going to miss open enders and you're, and you're not going to flop a set in those multi-way bloaters. But the reason, the reason it's worth mentioning how many times you get in a multi-way bloater with little pocket pairs is that's the biggest money maker in these full ring games. Sure, you can, you know, in shorthanded games, you can just run over the game. And sometimes we get deep enough where I can run over the game, especially if my image is good. But if you just flop a, a set in it, you know, there's, it's just, it's just the sweetest thing. And so when you whiff, you note it. Uh, Queen nine of hearts, another case where I, ca I call a second pair on the flop. I turn two pair, Randy bet, and then I boat it up. And I bet big, and he folded, but he had nothing. He just had jack high. So you you start to question all of us. I mean, it makes sense, right, to, to let your results direct your mind. Like, am I betting too much? Am I not disguising my, my good hands? Why are they folding every time? And, and if you don't play on stream, this is very problematic. Like, oh, shit, I need to adjust everything. I need to bet smaller. I need to slow play more. When you play on stream, one of the cool things you get to see, oh, they just never fucking have anything for a while. And so um, here, here's a, another fairly unfortunate hand. It's at 3.30. So we're three hours into the show. I make it 1,400 with ace-king. Erica calls, and Connor ships it all in with ace-queen. It's a good situation, ace-king against ace-queen. Um, I call. I'm not going for... Um, it's too aggressive for me to... Not in a poker sense. Obviously, it's the right poker play to reship and isolate um, Connor. But I'm not doing that in this game. And Erica's folding anyways. Uh, she has her hand ready to fold. And Johnny thinks she's going to turn her cards over. She says, no, don't, don't do that. And then she says, okay, call. And it was just like a great misunderstanding, miscommunication... Um, and now I'm in there with ace-king. Um, the, you know, there's 9,000 in there. Ace-king against ace-queen and sevens. Obviously, could still win. It's better to just be up against the ace-queen. Doesn't matter. It came out queen high, um, and, and Connor wins the three-way all-in. And then Richard wins a three-way all-in runner-runner, which is very fortunate. And then I had two pair again against nothing. And then I got pocket aces. And Tana, hopefully I'm saying her name right, Tana Mangu, she had 10s, and it came queen high, and I bet, and she called in the terms of king, and she had about 2K left, and the pot was bigger than that, and I just said, I'm going to bet 800 once and not bet again. Uh, this is like the correct way to do it, in my humble opinion, and she called with 10s. I ended up, I think, winning max value this route, but that's not what I was going for. I was just letting her keep a stack to keep keep her at the table. This is a show. It, it's not, you know, it, it's not just a poker game. It's a poker show. You need characters. You need cast members. Um, then I had top pair, no kicker against Johnny. And I lost, you know, 1,500 there. That's going to happen. Obviously, if you're playing all the hands... There's reverse implied odds uh, of, you know, playing ace rag, ace eight offsuit, and ace seven offsuit. And that's why those aren't on the charts in very many spots. But in these games, you know, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna V-pip anything that looks like a hand and even some stuff that doesn't. 
And so often people bet twice on ace high boards and uh, that actually happened where Johnny bet the flop and then the middle card paired and he checked like people do with an ace, but there were plenty of draws out there. I just bet small one time to charge the draws and if he's got a better kicker, he's going to win, you know, in a showdown and that's what happened. So it's, it is reverse implied odds. It's also just some negative variance. Um, Ace King is suited. It is very positive variance getting dealt that hand. And I flopped enough flush draw. And Princess Love let out. I thought she had a draw. So I raised. It was Queen 7 8, two clubs. I raised because I was really hoping she had a club draw as well. She's, she's done very well at this point, and it's time to battle. And, you know, she, she does just fine in life. I don't got to worry about her financial situation. And she only had a gut shot, so she folded. I think that play would have been great if she had an open ender or even better if she had a smaller flush draw. And then if somehow we both make a flush, I get all the chips due to that raise on the flop. And, you know, she didn't get to see a turn card anyways. It's not it's not the worst. Uh, then this kind of is another... Reverse implied odd spot. The you know you don't have to realize those reverse implied odds every single time, but here he, here's the classic. Uh, Connor opens in the cutoff to four hundred. I think Johnny put the straddle on, and Princess Love three bets the button, and she knows to three bet wide here. She plays tournaments, and I pocket fives. I'm folding this if I'm in a tournament. I'm folding this if we're not on stream. But we are on stream. You don't fold pocket pairs pre-flop. So call the 1200 and it gets back to Connor and he makes it 4000 Fuck. The likelihood of him re-raising is very low, but he did it. And now she calls and now it's, uh, it's 2800 to win fucking heaps. And so let's call and let's flop a five. And let's just win like a fucking massive, uh, you know, 30K pot, whatever, 40K pot. Well, it came queen 7-3 and he bet she went all in. He had aces, she had queen 10 and he held. So good for him. I lost 4,000 with pocket fives. It's kind of a pretty normal stream play three ways. You flop a set like that's instead of losing 4K, I would have won like 25k if I flop a set but you know you don't always win when you flop a set but still that was you know it wasn't great I'm gonna take another sip and tell you about my actual worst play four hours in the show it's 433.14 bunch of limps I'm in there with jack six offsuit like a gentleman comes to east king 10 I got a gut shot multi-way uh, it, it's not super likely someone has an ace. So, and I've gut shot. I'm happy to um, start betting here. And I do. I bet 120. Crazy Drew calls. He's got a piece. Tana is all in for $10. Johnny calls. He's got some sort of piece. Richard calls. He's got a piece. Okay. The turn is a six. I have a pair and a gutter. And I bet 510. And it's only strong because it's multi-way. And uh, Drew folds. Tano is all in for $10 on the flop. Johnny calls it. When he calls, I know he picked up a backdoor flush draw. I fucking know it. 
And so he's got a piece and a backdoor flush draw, or he has like second pair and a gut shot. And those that's what he has. And Richard folds an ace. Good. And the river is a brick. And I bet 2280 into 1700. I overbet. I know what he has. I know what Johnny has. And he calls with third pair. He turned back to our flush draw. He had it. I knew he had like a piece and a draw and then bricked out. And he called the overbet. So good job by him. But he read me. He doesn't always read me well. And maybe it had something to do with losing 4K with fives just moments earlier. But when someone reads me and is able to make a call like that, I know I played it bad one way or another. I didn't, yeah, I knew what everyone had the whole the whole time because I'm perceptive and, and, and whatnot. But I didn't tell a good story myself. And so apparently uh, Johnny knew what I had as well. And, and that one hurt. I'm not going to lie. That one hurt when you get called by third pair when you're overbet on the river. And, and maybe the, the bad storytelling is betting too big on the river. Um, maybe a smaller bet gets it done there. and But I, I also thought he had some king-jack, king-queen in his range. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I squeeze with pocket eights, get two callers. Okay, we got a nice bloater. It comes king-queen-10, one bets, one calls. Just got to fold there. Just got to lose that money. Uh, 447.40 it is just kind of a, a fuck you hand. It's The doom switch really got flipped on me. I limp with 9-8 of diamonds, Johnny raises, people call. I limp re-raise to 1,600, I believe, with 9-8 of diamonds. We're deep. And uh, Tana is all in with 6-3, just for, for nub stack. And Johnny calls as well. Okay, I have 9-8 of diamonds. I'm out of position, but I, I can play poker um, post-flop. You know, I've been doing it for a long time. And, and this is someone I'm not going to play soft against. Not in this moment. I have before when he's having a bad night. I saved him 2K on a river one time, but not not now. He's winning. I'm losing. Let's go, buddy. And I have 9-8 of diamonds. Comes queen 10-6. Um, that's a double gutter. That's, you know, I'm going to be betting. I'm going to be betting here often. It's monotone. It's all hearts. I typically don't bet monotone flops. And I check and he checks. Okay, but I have a double gutter. And the turn's an eight. Now I have a pair and a double gutter. And I check, and he bets. I think he bets 1,400 or something, um, maybe more. And, and I have to call at this point. He's got bluffs. And uh, the river's a brick, and he bets again. And I get away from my, my, you know, my bluff catcher that didn't turn into a straight. And he had 9-7 of clubs. So going back to pre, 9-8 of diamonds against 9-7 of clubs. I'm a favorite. And then when it comes queen 10-6, I am such a massive favorite. He is drawing to an 8. There are three 8s in the fucking deck. One of them is a heart. I'm probably going to win when there's four hearts out there. So he's drawing to two outs, and he binks immediately. This is real negative variance. Um, and that one fucking hurt as well. And then this is kind of just how the, the session would go. I had king 10 in a, in a multi-way bloater. I had the 10 of clubs, which is notable because it came jack, 9, 7, with the 9 and 7 of clubs. So I have a double gutter again, and I... 
have a backdoor flush draw and someone bets 500 and it's not someone that folds easily. I think it might have been Richard and he's definitely not folding. So I don't have fold equity and I have too many players behind to just, you know, cram it in there and gamble. Um, Johnny raises, when it gets to him, he raises the 2,500 or 2,800 or something. And I have to fold this hand on the flop. And that's frustrating. The double, it's such a good hand. King 10 on Jack 9-7 is such a good hand, especially when you have the 10 of clubs. Double gutter plus overcard plus backdoor flush draw. And you're blocking the hands you really don't want to be up against. 10-8 of clubs. Um... But I just decided Johnny had a monster, and he did queen jack of clubs, correct fold, and uh, yeah, that's that's just you know you, you lose seven or eight hundred, and you don't even get to see the turn card. Um, and then here is more negative variance, and the vast majority of chat pros aren't realizing this, and commentators often not realizing this. But this is a, a this is some real run bad here when you make it 400 with ace jack of diamonds. Um, 503. So we're four and a half hours in the show. Make it 400 and Princess Love calls. I'm ready to battle with everyone at this point. Maybe not Tana because she's got such a short stack. But everyone else. And, and Princess Love has won some big pots from me. And let's go. It's time now. And... So she just limped and calls. So we're heads up with ace jack of diamonds against her. And it comes 6-4-3 with one diamond. I bet a third pot. This is fairly standard. Um, you know, I'm going to fold out some equity. Uh, you know, she's going to call sometimes. And she did. She called and the turn's a nine of diamonds. Okay, so I have the nut flush draw. And I'm going to check it here. Maybe she'll bluff. Uh, maybe I'll river flush as she rivers a pair. Ace high has showdown value in itself, especially ace jack. And she pots it. She 1,500. Okay, well, I just turn the nut flush draw, and we're, we're fairly deep. I know the deal. She's got a good one. And if I hit that diamond, I'm getting the fucking all of the chips. Um, And so the river is a brick, and she's all in out of turn. So, yeah, I was definitely getting all the chips. I, I checked, and, uh, you know, and that's and she went all in. And she showed me a set of fours. So you squeeze to 400 with H-Jack and Diamonds. Someone calls with pocket fours. It comes 6-4-3. They flop a set. It's hard to do. And then you turn the nut flush draw, which is going to cost you 1500 more, and then you break. This is, um, you know... Negative variance on negative variance on negative variance. And it's important to dissect these hands like this. It's, I don't think it's healthy to be obsessed with variance like I often am. But when you're in a downswing, you got you got to say, like, like I, I called my worst play, that one against Johnny. He read me. I did something wrong. I told a bad story in, in some way. And, and that's that happens when I'm losing. I'm much more readable. My stories aren't as... Um, convincing and, and stories just meaning bluffs or I tell you know I tell I tell value tales with bluffs I tell bluff tales with value uh, you know that's what poker is and, and he owned me in that hand and so that's my worst play but here is just like pure dealer fuckery isn't it 
you make a four hundred with eight stack of diamonds. Someone that's you know ready to gamble calls six four three one diamond. You bet a third normal turn nine of diamonds. You check they pot it. Okay, you know they you know they got a hand they're going with. You get all the chips with your image on a diamond. It's a brick, and yeah, not going well for me. I had ace rag again against um, you know against Connor and, and he had ace queen just like Johnny had ace queen before and the same thing happened the middle card paired but this time Connor bombed again three ways that's almost never an ace just in general that's almost never an ace it just happened to be with him and it's not like I'm the only one playing ace rag everyone at the table is so I'm just the one uh, real, realizing the, the reverse implied odds of doing it on this night. And, and like I said, in a three-way pot, when it comes like ace, 10, 7, I think that's exactly what it came. And, the, and you bet and you get um, two callers. The turn's a 10. No one bombs an ace-queen except for Connor. So, uh, and, and I, we just checked down the river, but uh, that, was, that was rough. And then I finally showed some discipline and folded 6-4 offsuit in a multi-way bloater. And wouldn't you know, I would have flopped the gut shot straight draw and it checked around and I would have turned straight. So this is when it starts to get spooky at the poker table. Everything's going against you. Um, yeah, you lose that flip, big deal. That's not spooky. You know, ace-10 suited against red fives. Um, all in with ace-king against ace-queen lose that that's not spooky uh you try you overbet and get called by third pair that's just you know you got owned which is just frustrating you have king 10 on jack 9 7 double gutter and an overcard that's a great fucking flop you have to fold it's just you 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 have that ace jack of diamonds i just belabored against the set and um now you fucking finally fold and would have made a hand. That's when it gets spooky. And um, yeah, eight, six of hearts. It's just, it. there's a doom switch and it's been flipped, you know, for me on this night. I raised a 300. I don't know if there's a straddle on or some limps. And Crazy Drew makes it 700, my direct left. Of course, I'm calling 400 more with eight, six of hearts. Four, seven deuce. Um, I have a gut shot and... When he bets 500, I think I also have two live cards. And so I call, and the turn's an offsuit king. Just a terrible fucking card. I check, he bets 1,000. I have to fold. He shows ace-jack. He's not, you know, I, I can't beat it. And so I just lose uh, 1,200 there in a pretty, you know, natural situation. I do make a flush, okay, but but I'm not deep at all. Um, I'm kind of nubbing out. And, you know, I get paid in full by Connor, um, but whatever, I, I'm already buried, and that's not going to, you know, it's not going to do too much for me. And then, but, you know, it's going to give me some chips to battle with, and I three-bet Queen Jack suited to 1,400 because he opened for 300, and I'm out of position, and let's go. And he re-raises to 5K, and he, he just threw a 5K out that, 5k chip out there and if i wanted to enforce it and be a dumb asshole i could have said no it's just a call but of course he gets to raise to 5k he has kings he's had aces and kings ten thousand fucking times on this night i have to fold and that's it for the stream i played 83 percent of hands it's quite a bit it's not the reason 
that I lost, um, obviously, you know, I, I kind of play like this every time. It's super high variance, but, um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm down 12K after the stream. But then, you know, if you, if you recall, I lost 9K pot with ace-king and ace-queen, over 6K pot, all-in flip. Um, I could have been, could have been, could have been, could have been in these big spots, and I didn't. So we're going to play a little bit afterwards. You know who's not playing? Richard is not playing. He hit and ran. He won like 12,000 hit and ran. I'm not a fan of that, man. I'm just not a fan of hit and run. I just don't believe in it. I will stay much later than I plan on staying if if I do something like run 1K up to 15K or whatever. But, you know, Randy says he'll play a little bit. Crazy Drew's buried. He wants to play. Um, and Princess Love will play a little bit. Everyone else is gone. Okay? So I'm stuck 12K, and the game's way out of the muck. A lot of drinking going on. People still doing shots. And I put in a big squeeze, not with Queen Jack City this time, but with Queens. And I get two calls. Connor is going to play for a round or two and Princess Love. And so there's probably 5K in the middle. And it comes 10, 10, 9, 2 spades. And I have pocket Queens, no spade. I'm going to bet third pot here. And uh, they both call. The turn is the king of spades. Not a great card. Yes, I block Queen Jack. I don't block flush draws. And I could still have the best hand in this kind of game, but you're, you're obviously not betting. It checks around. River's a brick. Uh, Connor bets. We both fold. And he mercy shows me that he had King 10 offsuit. So I made it a bunch with Queen Jack suited. He had Kings. And he technically just called, but really intended to make it 5K. So he took it down. He had aces when I had fives. Um, and, you know, Princess Love was in there too. And, and here, Queen's against King 10, and he makes a boat. And it's just not going well. I'm down 15K, give or take. And um, I three bet again, seven five of diamonds. And do I need to be three betting? I mean, yeah, I do. I'm not playing small pots when I'm buried. And I get a good flop. Ace, eight, six. And it's up against Randy. I bet, continuation bet, as I typically do. I'm open-ended. And by the grace of God, the turn is a nine. And I bet 1,200. I just turn it straight. And Randy calls. The river is a sweet card, isn't it? It's an ace. So I three bet. Randy called, ace, eight, six. I, you know, bet a third pot or whatever. He called, turn nine. I bet 1,200. I don't remember what percentage of the pot that was, but I'm setting up, um, you know, I'm setting, I'm trying to get, that's the most important street to have him continue. And the river's an ace, so I check and hope he has an ace. He bets 2,000, and I check raise all in with my straight, but he flopped a set. He had pocket sixes, so he boated up. And now I'm stuck $20,000, and everybody's gone, except for Drew. I said, let's play heads up. He said, I'll play you a little bit, and I'm running him over. He doesn't know how to play heads up. He's folding every hand. Um, yeah, I'm just running him over, and we're just playing for 5K each. 
And the very last hand, I think I won every hand. We're just going to play for, you know, 40 minutes or so. The very last hand, he rivers a gut shot to double up. And so we both lose the heads-up match to the dealers. Um, so I lost $100 during that, you know, with tips and collection and whatever the fuck else. Um, I lost $20,100 on this night where I did a ton before the show to help orchestrate it. I did a ton at the table to make it flow. And I got punished for all that. And Max fucking pain indeed. Um, I didn't list the best play because I don't I didn't, you know, I was I really wasn't trying to make great plays on this night. But I still managed to get the money with a lot of equity and big spots and uh yeah. So we're just gonna go without a best play. I, I typically choose a best play and a worst play when I review a session. Um we're gonna go through my twenty twenty four goals. Three numbers again, 60, 120, 240. I want to win 60% of my streamed sessions. I've won two out of four this year. That's 50%. 120K debt. I, uh, I'm i not even close to that, obviously. Let's find out where we're at. Sangai, you were supposed to have this stuff ready for me, but you didn't. What were you doing? Drinking? Yeah, but you can drink and prepare my notes at the same time. Um, and now Excel's taking a while to open. Sound guy on my laptop. Okay, there we are. Let's check out our O list. Um, one ninety two to seventy five. So we got seventy three k to pay off to get to our goal this year. Um, and the last one is weight, and you forgot to weigh me. I'm gonna pause this. Go weigh myself. I know I came in this. What's I don't know if it's funny or not funny. Is last year going in going to twenty twenty three. I weighed the most I ever weighed, and then going into twenty twenty four. I weighed the most I ever weighed, and I think it was two fifty eight point two or seven. And, and I'm gonna go weigh myself right now and see where we're at. Okay, well, uh, a new all time high. I'm proud to report. 259.7. We're almost at 260 pounds. Yikes. Uh, that's just the story. And despite wanting to fucking burn it all to the ground last night and this morning, I know I'm going to keep on the grind and see what the fuck happens.